and welcome to the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast. I'm Laura Feetham and today we're going to be discussing liver damage among young people. In particular, the results of a study which assessed the prevalence of liver damage among people in their mid-twenties in the southwest of England. I'm joined today by Dr Kushala Abhisekara, who's an honorary lecturer at the University of Bristol and is also one of the authors of the study. Kush, welcome to the podcast. First of all, could you talk a bit about the epidemiology of liver disease among young people and the mechanism for liver damage in this population? Uh, Sure. Thank you, Laura, for having me on the podcast. So the reality is young adults are a group that are poorly characterised for many diseases because by and large they are considered a healthy age group within the population. There are many causes of liver disease, including alcohol and viral hepatitis, but probably the commonest liver disease amongst young people Uh, and when I say that I mean adolescents and young adults, is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, otherwise known as NAFLD. To my knowledge, the largest attempt to analyse this was in the US, using data from the National Health and Nutritional Examination Survey. Their researchers used a cutoff of an elevated liver enzyme called ALT and a body mass index that was 25 or above, so indicating participants were at least overweight. They found a 25% NAFLD prevalence in 18 to 35-year-olds. And to give a comparison to that, in in all adults, NAFLD prevalence is quoted between 25 to 30%. For alcohol-related liver disease, this remains the number one cause of death from liver disease in all adults, but we don't clearly know the prevalence of the disease in young people. In terms of liver damage, for both NAFLD and alcohol-related liver disease, this first starts with fat deposition within the liver, which we call steatosis. In NAFLD, this is in the context of obesity and perpetuated by a mechanism called insulin resistance, which is central to the development of type 2 diabetes. As steatosis increases, it triggers inflammation within the liver, or steatohepatitis, and that inflammation, typically over years, can lead to scarring, which we call fibrosis. Fibrosis can be reversible if you remove the insult to the liver, so in, in NAFLD, optimizing your weight, and in alcohol-related liver disease, stopping drinking. But over time, this can progress eventually to cirrhosis, which is irreversible. So by this time, the only curative treatment is transplantation, and that's if you meet the eligibility criteria. The other concern is people with NAFLD, typically with cirrhosis, but also without, have a much greater risk of primary liver cancer compared to most other liver diseases, bar viral hepatitis. So your study used data from the Alsbach cohort to assess the burden of liver damage in these young people. Why is the Ausbach cohort such a good basis for studying this issue? And what were your main findings? Well, firstly, Ausbach is one of the largest and most phenotype birth cohorts in the world, and we're very fortunate to host it in the University of Bristol. Between 1991 and 1992, over 14,500 pregnant women in the greater Bristol area were recruited to join the cohort, and their children have been sequentially followed up over the last three decades, with data collected from everything from weight and lifestyle measures to DEXA scans and liver function tests, to name but a few. When the cohort were roughly 18, they were often liver ultrasounds, with researchers finding 2.5% of the cohort had NAFLD, so we already had a comparison within ALSPAC. We invited the participants back to our clinic at the age of approximately 24 to have another liver scan using a machine called FibroScan, which uses transient elastography technology to tell you the degree of liver scarring and liver fat. Participants also filled out lifestyle questionnaires and provided us with blood samples. Over 4,000 participants attended our clinic, and what we found was that one in five participants had fatty liver. After adjusting for confounders, which included excessive alcohol consumption, 
social class and smoking, we still found that being overweight or having obesity were very strongly associated with fatty liver development. In addition, we found that participants with a higher waist circumference related to their height, indicative of adiposity, were strongly associated with developing fatty liver, and that's after adjusting for confounders. We didn't find an association between harmful alcohol consumption and fatty liver in our age group, so we postulate that the 20% fatty liver we are seeing is all related to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. When we were looking at liver scarring, we found that 1 in 40 participants had evidence of liver scarring, and interestingly, overall, we didn't find a strong association with fatty liver and liver scarring after adjusting for confounders. What became apparent, though, was that those at greatest risk of liver scarring appear to be those with both harmful alcohol consumption and fatty liver. It is important to remember that these findings are in participants from an unselected general population birth cohort. These aren't patients. To be transparent, the study is not without limitations. I think the first thing to say is that FibroScan is validated in adults with established liver disease, and we're using them on uh, young asymptomatic members of the general public. Also, we could be underestimating the amount of fatty liver in the UK, as the southwest has one of the lowest levels of obesity in the country, and participants that remain in that over the last three decades tend to come from more affluent backgrounds who have associated lower levels of obesity. That said, to our knowledge, this is the first study to describe steatosis and fibrosis prevalence in young adults using Fibroscan. And our concern as authors is that we will see more people present with NAFLD and alcohol-related cirrhosis earlier, which is major implications for our healthcare service. In your conclusion, you and your colleagues suggest that a holistic approach is needed to tackle the issue. What do you mean by that? Um, well, Laura, that's a great question, which doesn't have an easy answer. What we found was a mixed picture. The, the fatty liver we identified appeared to be largely related to obesity within the cohort, whilst the liver scarring we saw was most strongly associated with harmful alcohol use and fatty liver. I think it's important for the medical profession as a whole to not simply say, lose weight, drink less alcohol. Um, I think we need to make it easier for the public to make informed choices whilst not infringing on their autonomy. I think primarily tackling obesity and alcohol should be a, a public health priority for the government. Uh, we are seeing that with the UK Chief Medical Officers publishing physical activity guidance for children and adults last year. There are other angles like increasing the sugar levy on soft drinks, using advertising for fast food outlets and alcoholic products, inventive food labelling such as the amount of exercise required to burn off the calories, which I know other studies have been published last year, uh, said so will benefit making it easier for the public to cycle around their towns and cities. In terms of alcohol, we've seen real success with the introduction of minimum unit pricing 